Um, the second one is absolutely still the worst. Yeah, it's just... I, I, um, I, I did a joke about it at the panel that, that you guys presented, where David was saying, like, like, I still believe that, like, Transformers 2 is art, and I'll fight anybody who doesn't agree with me on this concept. And then I, I had to tweet a disclaimer that we do not... Because I was doing the live tweeting, and I tweeted a disclaimer that not every member of Kind of Epic Show agrees with this statement. And, well, but, then, but no, no, no. You're, you missed the point, Dave. Art I know, I get subjective. the point. No, you don't, apparently. I get the point, but I had to... Do, it was an excuse for my hashtag. My hashtag was robot nuts <laughs> because that was what ruined that. Well, that was oh, one yeah, of the big elements the giant, that ruined my film. Uh, it's just uh, he got taken out so cheaply from my point of view. He climbed up the pyramid and then the human shot him. Yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry. You have Optimus Prime in some uber awesome mode. He should have flew over there and kicked his ass. That would have been awesome. <laughs> we, I also, we, watch, yeah. we watch those movies to watch robots beat the shit out of each other. We don't watch them yeah. so that humans shoot them. I felt like after the first <laughs> film, Michael Bay got that. And I'm like, I, I, okay, I don't like your films all that much. But then I look back and I'm like, oh, yes, I do. My 12-year-old slash 10-year-old self loves your films. And they should be films about giant fucking robots attacking and killing each other. But I, the other thing about that movie is like the I didn't understand people were telling me before when like you know there are racist robots in this movie yeah. like I'm like what do you mean how can a robot be racist and they're like oh Michael Bay you d- I am clapping right now you succeeded that is an a, that is a cinematic accomplishment making racist robots oh yes that's uh, a first well it's probably not a first <laughs> but that's certainly the first that I first time I've ever seen it uh, uh, I don't know yeah those uh, those are bad I'm excited for the fourth one yeah yeah. I mean, again, it's, it really is just like the 10-year-old of me saying, Optimus Prime is riding Grimlock in this trailer. Yes. What could go wrong? <laughs> Some things. Some, a lot of things <laughs> can still go wrong. Like I said, I'll still have that element in Transformers 1 where I'll be like, oh, yeah, when Blackout destroys that entire military base, that was badass. Why? I don't need to see the rest of the movie. <laughs> I really don't. That, no. was, that was enough. Especially in the IMAX with everything going. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw that scene probably 30 times because I had to clean. <laughs> so I could, ad- I could adjust my schedule accordingly, knowing what theater to go into. David probably did the same thing. You were working there when Transformers is out, weren't you? Yeah, and it wasn't in the IMAX. Oh, yeah, it was in the IMAX. I saw it in the IMAX. Not the first time you saw it. Oh, no, no, no. You were in Florida. No. You were in Florida, weren't no, you? No, I wasn't. You weren't? Uh, no. They did re- July. The first one they had did an release IMAX, it in IMAX. They, Huh? They did release an IMAX. I, I saw, saw it in IMAX like three times. Well, at least movie. not the first time you saw it. Because you saw it with me the first time, it wasn't in IMAX. Did I see it with you the first yeah. time? Well, I've seen, I saw it in IMAX, repeat viewing. So. Yeah, it was me, Andrew, Matt Lieberts, and you. That was fun. That was also the night that somebody got arrested. Oh God! Who got arrested? It was know. there was a fight during the. I didn't see it in the same theater as you because it was sold out. Very good. I don't. I don't think that I did. Yeah. We I remember there were there's like five there was like five screenings because it was that was one of the first times I'd seen a movie there where it had sold out and so they kept doing repeat screenings. Mm-hmm. And the thing I remember is that there was a fight in the front row, and I don't remember the name of this. She was kind of one of the more annoying. Uh, co-employees that we had but she essentially instigated a fight and this somebody ended up going to jail it was horrible oh. it was like nobody nobody liked that poor girl so much so that i can't even remember her name which i think is probably <laughs> fortunate for the name of the podcast but that I, rem- I guess that was my my most distinct memory i did not i didn't remember most of the other things and i remember going back and seeing it in imax because we can we couldn't see imax movies for free if it was sold out at, or well obviously but you couldn't. You also couldn't see like Sony movies. That was a weird thing. 
They didn't see Sony movies uh, until like two or three weeks after the release, and by then they're usually out of the theater. Oh, yeah, I remember that weird. Yeah. That was stupid. It was stupid. Huh. Yeah, because you had the friends and family discount. You yeah. just like call up dudes. <laughs> I don't know why I don't make more use of that. I should call up more people who work at the theater and be like, I really want to go see Spider-Man. Look me up. It's Sony. It's Sony. <laughs> oh, well, it changed it because they're new management. Yeah, they got they're under. You've been you, doing that the whole time, and people are gonna be like, "Was he fapping, fapping. The, <laughs> the entire time we've been doing the intro?" Well, if it sounds like I'm, I'm doing, if it sounds like I'm doing that, that's real special, David, exactly. for our hundredth episode. I know. Oh, huh. should we? Uh, He's going all out, the, literally. Hit the button. I guess. Please, mercifully, yeah. please. merciful. I, I think we're we're just Easter trying Bunny, yes. to talk until Andrew showed up, but he has yet to show up. So you know, yeah. this tube of M and M's did not have enough in it. How much did you expect? I don't know. How much was in there? I don't know. Well, if you were seven seven ounces. Well, okay. If you were to put, I kind of, I kind of ate it as a shot. That's how much it was in there. Kind of. Huh. It was probably like there. I just. I don't know. That's not too bad. It's kind of like when you get a, like a bag of chips or something, and half the fucking bag's air. Yeah. What? Right, I'm gonna hit the button. Okay. I hear walking. Is it him? Comes. Is it him? I don't know. He's not coming. Oh, I accidentally hung like the dark thrust. That's what she said. That was weird because you were out of sync on that. Why, why is he the Empire? I don't know. Because we had to cue him in. Because the Patriots theme song and uh, only bad things go there. <laughs> oh, speaking uh, of the Empire, I just want to put this out there. Um, for anybody who knows who Jim Cummings is, he does the voice of Winnie the Pooh for Disney. He, he, he did a, uh, um, a con appearance and he pulled out the script from like the first five minutes of Star Wars or, or whatever and read Darth Vader's lines as Winnie the Pooh. It was awesome, and everybody should go watch it. Mm. All right, I'm going to hit the space bar. Okay. Job in a food truck. A food truck? Yeah. yeah. You're working at Sun King and a food truck? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. Hipster. Oh no, What's he's the he's, food he's, truck. He's, uh, der Pretzelwagen. Oh, damn, they also, I, oh, I hit some at Gen Con. They have the amazing pretzel sandwiches. Yeah, that's good. I just oh, like, I, I like pretzels. Where are you parked? <laughs> <laughs> like my car? Or Is there an app for that? <laughs> you see my car? Der, der Pretzelwagen should sponsor yeah. us. Yeah, you bought a car. If the. <laughs> I'm gonna sort so this out to Andrew. Chevy Cavalier. If you if you can get the pretzel wagon, a uh, dear pretzel wagon, to sponsor us, we will do it. Wagon. Oh, pretzel wagon. Remember, gave remember gave you yeah the 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 W makes the V the V sound in German yeah so it's not the the card Wagner as you record Wagner. Okay, do uh. That's good. If Andrew, if if you can uh. 
can get the Pretzelwagen <laughs> to sponsor us, we will do fake German accents for an entire episode. I'm throwing this out there. I'm throwing down the gauntlet, as it were. Hmm, that, that's what we could. Uh, a whole episode talking like uh, my, one of my favorite bands, uh, Kraftwerk. I like his X-Men reference. Did anybody <laughs> else catch that? No. I don't... Uh, I thought you were talking about Nightcrawler there for a second. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. Uh, that's good. We would call the podcast Barons of Future Past. No, Ricard Wagner. Oh. Not Kurt Wagner. Of the Valkyries? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. From the Ring. Das Ring and the Nibelung, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in Das Rangelob and also Tisan und Isolde. Well, okay. <laughs> what a way to kick off our episode, guys. I'm David West. Anyway, oh, yeah, I'm David Gilman. I still need to ask Andrew a question. <laughs> Where are you parked? <laughs> like the, my car? The pretzels. It's uh, a food truck. Oh, where well, do you yeah, park? How do you, go, how do you get to work? Uh, they're actually, they work out of Indy's Kitchen, which is like this, uh, like a, it's on uh, 25th and Central, basically like a, like food trucks will rent time in the kitchen to like do food prep and stuff like that. Like uh, kind of huh. the, the the larger stuff that's you know hard to do in the truck. Uh, they have like you know they stores and stuff like there. And then we then we pack up in the morning. And then we you know go wherever we, wherever we need to go. Uh, I think on uh, Wednesday or Thursday I'm going to be at uh, DePaul from like uh, twelve to two oh, wow. in the morning. DePaul. So DePaul. you're going all the way up to DePaul. Chicago? No, DePaul. Those always confuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Not. I mean, uh, there's one ends with an L and one ends with the W. What's yes. hard to Figure out. That'd be crazy if you were going up to Chicago again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be real dickish to uh, be made to go up to Chicago like, you know, three times in a month. <laughs> so, not, not if you live there. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that that's this weekend. Yeah, T2E2's this weekend. Yep. Yeah. Going up for two days. I'll be up for the Saturday. Yeah, that's mm. two. That's mm. two. Yeah, I was about to say, because Carrie's got a pro pass and she'll be there for the weekend. It'd be weird if you didn't come up for a day. You don't yeah. have to worry about accommodations. <laughs> Everybody else yeah, does. Yeah. Carrie's going to charge you like five fifty for yeah. this. <laughs> you, you know, Chance was telling me today that she actually was like, hey, how about you come up next weekend instead? Like, not this weekend, but the following weekend. And he's like, son of a bitch. Like, you already bought a plane ticket. And everything. But, okay, you already bought a plane ticket. Yeah. I mean... She thinks he can exchange it for another different flight. I guess he probably could. That would be awesome if Chance were coming. I don't think he can. I don't know where he is. I mean, he's got a pass waiting for him, but that won't matter. Did you guys order his email? Did he? Okay, good. Everybody, he never got a confirmation email on that game. Oh. He's been getting all their press releases, but he never got a confirmation email on his... I thought you you told me he got one. I thought he did. I guess he didn't. (laughs) But why would he get all the press release stuff? Uh, I think he did, and might have went to his spam mail. For those of you playing along at home, the (laughs) the Chicago jokes were because uh, I going up with these assholes this weekend, and I was just there this past weekend for the PCA-ACA conference, uh... I presented a paper uh, for a panel on religion and rock music on Gene Clark and uh, Mark Volman from the Turtles, and who also played with Frank Zappa, was at my panel, and he really liked my paper because he knew Gene. And the Turtles' biggest hit was "You Showed Me," a song written by Gene Clark. Hmm. So it got like uh, three million plays on the uh, radio. I'm, nice. t- I'm keeping track of the the tags we need for this episode. So Turtles. Uh, Gene Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Obscure musical references. <laughs> Hmm. No. I actually, <laughs> so I, yeah, uh, let's not bury the lead. And then I talk. was up there like in March for uh, Jeopardy auditions. Yeah, how did they go? Uh, 
uh, put on my uh, Reggie Miller arrogant as fuck pants. Uh, I'm probably gonna be on the show. <laughs> I mean, there's a good chance. I think I, I feel pretty confident. But you know, if not, you know, uh, then I'll this make... shot. I see you getting knocked out in the um, the first round on uh, questions about the uh, the playoffs. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, let's not bury the lead, though. I mean, let can we the, talk just briefly about I, C2E2? Because okay. we have a lot okay. of topics. It's like I don't want to talk about cover. the Pacers at all. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no they, they do a good enough job burying the lead on their own. That they, was that was painful, actually, to say. Sports that. is supposed to distract me from the, <laughs> the smoking crater that is my life, you know. Uh, like uh, the metaphor of uh, the podcast, the Melatonin podcast guys use for the Pacers, uh, they're like uh, the valedictorian who you find uh, start using meth. Yes, and <laughs> I feel the same way about my life. So thinking about like the three sixty dunk earlier in the year, and I don't want to you... talk about it. Okay, <laughs> you know, I blame I blame Hibbert. Fuck Hibbert. He's playing like I love Shane. that we're alienating a hu- almost 100% still, of our listeners still, at this point really as well. Playing, he's still playing, so, playing solidly on defense. Why the hell is he taking three-point like, shots? I was told this was a podcast about nerdy stuff, and you're talking <laughs> about uh, you're talking about basketball, and like, I don't know if you know. Like, I, to to, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it makes you sad. It All makes right. me drink more yeah. than normal. But no, it's, it's, it's should be, it should be an interesting year. Um, we've got um, we're going to focus heavily on comics creators this year, which is something that we have not necessarily done. We've we've approached mostly the uh, um, the media people in the past. I mean, the people who would be more. We can talk for... to Vivek again. Yeah, is he going to be there? Yeah, that's I awesome. Actually, they emailed me. Oh, so if we wanted to talk to him again, we could. We should absolutely talk well, to him. Well, now that you've actually read the book, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. I I could totally handle that interview. Huh. All right, and you know, no offense, but I think uh, out of the four of us, yeah, no uh, shit. <laughs> there's another yeah, game would be good too, yeah. though. I think there's another Beatles um, graphic novel um, called "The Boys or the Babies in Black" uh-huh. um, that's published <laughs> by. Um, yeah, it's about the the, oh, the boys before. Dear. What can I do? <laughs> Babies in black and I'm feeling. Blue. Yeah, it's it's about the Beatles before they were famous, right? Because so, they were wearing leather jackets in Hamburg. Yeah, precisely. And so that's that's published by First Second, and we might actually later in the year have an interview with them. I'm we're not going to have them on the podcast, but we we just confirmed uh, an email interview with Jinuing Yang. Um, mm-hmm. So first uh, first comic of any kind nominated for the American Book or the ALA Book of the or sorry. The American Book of, Book Award. I mean, the Book of the Year Award. That's a pretty big thing from Publishers Weekly, I believe. That was for American Born Chinese, correct? Yeah, for American Born Chinese. Um, oh yeah, was that part of the? Was that? Uh, no, I, I think it's something else from the the now defunct uh, Jinx line uh, that uh, DC did a couple years ago. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. This is this was first second, um, and then he, he also published a um, a book last year, uh, Boxers and Saints. Probably ner- the nerdiest thing that he's known for oh. is the Avatar: The Last Airbender books with Dark Horse. Oh, I, I think I heard about the bo- it's that, the boxer one is about the boxer yeah, precisely. Like, but then he wrote a, a counter to that, mm-hmm. and because he's a Christian himself, he wrote a counter to that from um, a Chinese person who was persecuted, who was a Christian, and uh-huh. who was persecuted by. Um, the boxers and the rebellion, and so he had a very. I mean, it's very much a topic that you're not going to see covered in comics very often, um, or in books very often. I mean, so it's it's a nice. I mean, it's a great way that he's able I to take comic here. books as I mean. He's a he's a he's an awesome get, um, and then also Box Brown from First Second. Um, while you're slurping, <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did. I think this is really cool. He's got a, it's an autobi. It's a biography of Andre the Giant in graphic novel form. David, how come this keeps happening? What keeps happening? Me and you start having our own side conversations. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> I love that you're interrupting. <laughs> am I not riveting enough for you? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm just continuing. No, I didn't. I didn't mean to make that such a long spiel because those aren't going to be on the podcast. But we'll certainly have blog posts from from both of them because they are for kind of epic. Um, and then at the con, we've got a, a crap ton of comics creators who are actually going to be on a panel that that I'm moderating and that David will be filming. Um, and hopefully you guys will be in attendance for <laughs> I don't it's know. On Sunday. It's oh, on Sunday. Well, there. you won't be able to be there. <laughs> but 2.45 to 3.45, it'll probably, I don't know if it'll be already have happened by the time this airs or not, but um, yeah, exciting. We'll be up this week. It'll be, it's exciting. Um, we got Gail Simone. Um, I, I don't even need to say who she is, probably. Um, Marjorie <laughs> Liu, um, who's um, uh, a longtime writer on the X-Men, pretty much every X-Men title that they have at Marvel at this point, and really closely associated with X-23. And famous for the um, the gay marriage issue where North Star married uh, his. The, she yeah. also did a really interesting one, a run with a uh, um, um, God, uh, Dokken, uh, Wolverine's son. Yeah. 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 Where uh, yeah, during his main series, while he was working for Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers, Thunderbolts. And, I think she's done as well. Yeah. Well, no, she had, she didn't she do Thunderbolts. Didn't do Thunderbolts. No. Was but, it uh, on uh, his own book, or was it? It was Dark Wolverine. Wolverine Origins. Okay. It was Dark Wolverine. Okay. Um, but uh, and yeah, she uh, uh, delved with. Uh, she made the character bisexual, and she delved into you know, hmm. sexuality to a certain degree. And it was kind of interesting to see because that's something you don't really see a lot. There was explored. also um, a Wolverine title. I don't think she did this one, but there was uh, one of the alternate Wolverine titles where it said alternate universe, and he and Hercules had a relationship. That was interesting. I don't know. I saw panels of it because I was doing Which research about gay comics. I was just thinking, I've never heard of that. It's an, it exists. I get it. It's not like a, you'll, you'll Google it and you're like, is this fan art? No, it's from a comic. Which, you know, like a... It's an alternate continuity. It's not Marvel proper, but it's an alternate Which continuity. If you think about it, you know, I guess it would kind of make sense, like... Uh, they can't die, so... Yeah, <laughs> you know, they get bored. Well, uh, fuck, like, I guess we're going to be around forever. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do it. it. Like, you know, it's like a good lead into Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so yeah, uh, third episode of the latest season aired last night. Have you? Are you caught up, Gabe? I am caught up with everything. Okay, so <laughs> that is my horrible Dornish voice. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like the Martell casting because that was a thing. Why people? Uh, he's he's doing a great job. Yeah, but and that I'm. It's one of those things where for for fans who were were people of color, they felt really alienated because they they were able to to look at him as one of the the ha- great houses of Westeros, one of the yeah. the seven great houses, and be able to say like, oh well, these are people run by people, or it's a it's a house of or populated by people of color, and certainly some of the Sands are going to be people of color, but again, they're just the bastards. Mm. I mean, they're the offshoots of, the of this land. They seem, they don't seem. He's, he's, he's. I mean, he's European. I mean, he's of European nationality. He is from, from, I mean, from uh, Argentina, but he's, he's a white Argentinian actor. Kind of like the new pope. Mm. Kind of like the new pope. I mean, not that we're going to take away Jorge Bergoglio's like <laughs> Hispanicness. I don't know if that's a word, but I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's one of the things. For it was mildly disappointing for, for fans who wanted that outlet because pretty much all the black or brown people on the show are either slaves, or rapists, <laughs> or not that everybody has high moral standing anywhere but it's nah. pretty much just like they're not people in relationships of power to the other the other cast and that causes a lot of problems with Khaleesi being just like I'm going from one brown person to the next and hey, just like liberating least, you at least they recasted the the 
neo-Nazi. Dario? Yeah. <laughs> why is Dario a neo-Nazi? <laughs> why? Extremely handsome. Yeah, I, I didn't like the recasting. Neither did I. Because he's like, he comes off as just like a suave motherfucker. And like the, he's pretty much just like, yeah, I'm going to uh, defect because I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> I'm pretty obsessed with fucking you. So where well, is that going to happen? I, I feel as if, I feel like it. What the casting? Yeah. I don't. I. I there must have been a reason they. Well, he was like them. devoted to beauty in like the in the whole thing, and that's the reason that he's going to go with her rather than than side with the young guy. Well, in the yeah, last season. but but this guy, it's just like he seems just more like a brusque. Like he just seems like a sellsword, which is he. He almost mo- looks more like a. A Bron character than he does the Dario in the books. I don't know. Well, the Dario in the books is ridiculous. Yeah, he is completely ridiculous. Because he's got yeah, like multicolored hair that he fucking puts in the braids. I, I mean, yeah, yeah the, some of the some fashion of the in the books is really silly. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you know what Nick's that there was a guy who had a who had like a woven beard in the first season. Mm. Nobody can remember his name, and he dies, and he's like nobody cares, and he's like oh. The only thing interesting about you is you had a weird beard thing that nobody liked. <laughs> I think that mixes any of the interesting hairstyles that were in the book. I guess some people were mad because, like, in the book, Sansa, rather than getting just the necklace, she gets this, like, elaborate hair Yeah, she, uh, um, yeah, she gets the elaborate hair piece, and that's where the poison capsule thing or whatever they Spoilers. use to, uh, <laughs> kill off Joffrey. That's where it's in. I didn't hear but clapping. The- <laughs> I'm horrified. He follows us become. on Twitter, by the way. Hmm? He has some of the most. There's a there's a parody Twitter he account called us on Twitter? King Joffrey follows us on Twitter. The actual guy? No, no, no. Okay. King Joffrey, the parody <laughs> but, uh, Twitter account follows he, us. He posted a photo on Instagram with him, uh, like uh, he's retweeted us, projected the screen like uh, yeah. Joffrey dead. Uh, the face, or yeah. bleeding out of his nose and mm-hmm. like. <laughs> on the, the like, next well, that's, uh, the, uh, the Jack. I want to say he's a Gleason. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a really nice dude. That's what Arya. That's what Maisie said. Yeah, yeah, he's studying theology uh, in uh, London. Uh, in uh, Ireland right now, yeah. I think Dublin. He says that he doesn't want to. What the funny thing is, like Marjorie um, at the C two E two last year, she was just like having. He had never. He wanted to come to America for the first time. He's like, I don't know if I should warn him that if he walks around New York, there are certain people who might just. Beat the <laughs> shit out of him <laughs> because they know who, who he is. Well, you were about to say how he's retiring. After he this. might. He might decide not to, to do well, anything. He said in the interview I, I read from him uh, a couple days ago. It was more or less. Um, okay, that works. Yeah, it was more or less. He was like, "Yeah, for now, uh, retire. Uh, I'm not necessarily retiring. I'm just taking some time off." Sort of like what Chris Evans said, where he's kind of like, "I want to focus on directing. I'm not just quitting acting. Yeah. I just I prefer directing for a while." It's like you when you have what? How many? Was it a six <laughs> picture deal for him or a nine picture deal for Chris Evans? Six. Six. Nine is Bucky. Keep in mind, he's all the amount of comic book material he's done too, because I mean, they, people forget. Scott Pilgrim as well. Oh yeah. So, so Scott Pilgrim, and uh, two Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four films, and, and the then Lulish. six, The Losers. <laughs> yeah. Bush wasn't a comic book, but he but was he's pretty much he's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, like I saw like a Photoshop of that, and for like uh, him Photoshop to look like uh, uh, Jamie Madrox, like they, they did the shirt thing on him. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and then that like uh, was it like Emma Roberts or so, whoever the young girl? Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning. Yeah. yeah. She. They were like, okay, she's basically Layla Miller. Oh, nice. Mm. But yeah, I mean, he's just done that. I wonder, like, how much... He's got to be not even a closeted nerd at this point. He's going to be like, this is the font of all my wealth. (laughs) (laughs) It's this comic... Is this nerdy spectrum? Is this comic book material? It's an underrated movie, in my opinion. I kind of feel better. I used to read it up in high school. Yeah, I never read the book. I read the book. I love the book. The 
Wolf was awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the movie, I, though. Yeah. I the movie was underrated. So, yeah, I mean, that was... I don't know. We should probably get back to Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> so much! Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I've really liked the season so far, and it's interesting from my point of view and from your point of view in the sense that they're beginning to merge like three books I now. I intentionally, <laughs> like, the weird thing is, like, the, the best book. Everybody considers the, the third book the best book. Yeah, it's because of the purple wedding and because of the red wedding and because of like so you like just go slack jaw from one and then cheer triumphantly at the other. <laughs> but then I like what George R. R. Martin says about it too. Is he's he's like he's like you know I didn't I wrote that scene so that you should be emotionally conflicted <laughs> <laughs> because you want you're cheering for like what is a twelve year old boy well, dying and in, in his mother's arms, but at the same time like. Jackie Gleason has aged, just like everybody else's age. Like, Tommen in the book is, like, ten and playing with cats. Yeah. Tommen in, in this is, like, a little Joffrey. Like, well, yeah, he's just, like, a little a, Joffrey not clone. Not an evil. Not just not an evil one. He's yeah, sm- he's not, nice. He's gonna listen to his grandfather. But, yeah, it's so weird. It's like, you see, because I didn't, I intentionally didn't, here's, here's how it broke down for me. Like, watch the first season in a weekend, because I thought we were gonna interview Carl Drogo, which mm. we didn't get to do, but we will probably do eventually. Mm. Um... And then I didn't feel guilty about that. There was no, there was no way that was just happening. Like I, everything else was shut out. Then I immediately purchased the second book. But then I was like, "Fuck! I only have to wait like six weeks until the second season comes out. Do I want everything spoiled?" And so I stopped reading the second book. I was about halfway through, and then I stopped reading because I'm like, I really don't want to know everything about this season. I want to have some anticipation. And even though there's differences, and then as soon as the second season over, read the book. I couldn't bring myself to read the third one because I was just so invested in the show at that point. <laughs> Hmm. But then, as soon as the third season ended, I immediately picked up four and five. <laughs> so it was weird. You read all the books. I though. essentially have read <laughs> all the books except for the third one, which is a weird thing to have done, because it's the best book. That is weird. It's a weird thing to have done. I just explained the weird continuity. Because, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, the continuity isn't exactly the same. It's it like, isn't. So yeah. I, there's a lot of things where I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> like, I'd had it spoiled. The only reason I did that is because other people had already spoiled big plot points for me about the Red Wedding and about about the uh, Purple Wedding and other things. that And the L plus R equals J stuff. Like, I already had all that stuff ruined for me. Okay. And so I was just like, well, I don't see any reason not to read the books at this point. Mm. It, it, I'm going to have the spoilers regardless. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird the way that they're merging it because the four book four, like people who don't read the books, book four and five are different in that they take, they eventually take place concurrently yeah. at the end of book five. But some of those events are already occurring. Mm-hmm. Everything Which, is all fucked up like, because of the way that he I, wrote those books. Yeah, I think it was specifically the last episode where we saw Bran up north beyond the wall. That's like, not yeah. until book five. I feel like uh, they're probably t- trying to invent something, like, because Rickon is essentially missing. They had that whole thing where, like, in the books, Theon, it's suspenseful. They had to give something for Theon to do, and so he's getting tortured. Besides, and Dick can get well, tortured. I mean, yeah. he gets tortured. It's just that we don't actually see, see him until book. book five. We just see him in, we in, as see, Reek. We, we we catch up with him with the 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 after effects. We see him as Reek already. We don't see his torture. Because of that, they're having to invent new things up north, and I feel like they're having the Boltons go after. They're already introducing the Iron Bank. Mm-hmm. So they're trying, and, and we know who the casting of the representative of the Iron Bank is. So he's going to be in this season. That's in the fifth book. That, that's mm-hmm. the conclusion of the fifth book, rather that, suspensefully. That actually looks like a big uh, uh, departure of the book from my point of view because I don't remember Davos going over the Bravos to get the banker. I thought the bankers came over by themselves. I don't think he's going to. Well, in, no, no, no. In the scenes. Yeah, there is a commercial for some sort of app, yeah. and there's a shot of Davos on a boat going out, going under one of the giant statues of Bravos. Well, I wonder what he's going to do. I wonder if he's just going to treat them. 
him, or I wonder if they're going to decide that he should go pirate, and like him and Salador San should just capture a fucking gold barge. I don't think so. That would be big departure. Because I, I like the idea. Well, like you said, they already cast somebody for the Iron Bank. But no, but, it, but it's awesome. Can we say who it is? It's Mark Gaddis. Oh, Mark Gaddis is the is the representative of the Iron Bank who we see in the books. Huh. His, his cast was. I mean, at least this is what I've heard because they've been like, well, he he's been cast. Everybody thought he was going to be a Martell or he was going to be maybe uh, who's the who's the head of uh, House Tyrell. Oh, Mace. They thought maybe he was going to be Mace Tyrell. That would mm. fit. Um, one of the other fun things is I can't wait to see Lord Too Fat to sit a horse. Because I want that to be Ian McNeese, since we've already talked to him, <laughs> and so we'll have another in. But no, he was already in. He was already in the um, uh, in the pilot that they never aired, um, as playing the guy from Pentos, the guy who has the the big, 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 big amounts of money that is actually financing Danny. Oh yeah, God, what's his name? I can't remember his yeah. name, but he's he's a surprising about. plot point. Like that's the cool thing about the show, and the cool thing about the books is that. Like, people who, like, the reason that he's able to, he's able to distract you with, like, this a huge amount of characters, and then you're thinking, like, these people don't matter. They're going to die. And then, like, as soon as other people yeah. die, yeah, like, I'm gonna fill going to fill the void. In the background I'm going to fill the void. You thought up. I wasn't important, but then I murdered everybody. Yeah. We're borderline getting on the stuff he doesn't know about yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, okay, I should have given a spoiler warning to him. But no, that's a character, that's just a character that you see. He, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. in the well, books, but, nothing has happened. Well, it's just that he's just a character, character that you see. Because he's in the first book. Look. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah. It's just that he, he's a background player for. Yeah. He, was he like oh, the, I forgot. Yeah, he goes away. He's he the guy who made it. the eggs to Danny. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, that guy, and then the guy that that I'm talking about, that is um, Mark Gaddis's character. Like he's in, he's in, he's a big plot point. The plot point isn't him. The plot point is just that the Iron Bank exists, really. Yeah. yeah and, like, that, they, and they've been alluding to the fact that the war is expensive, and that, so that's the, not a spoiler. The, the royalty thing. owes a shit ton of money to them, mm -hmm. and Little they haven't been fall. paying them back. So it's sort of like a, a that's what that's why Davos is going over there to be like we'll probably pay you back if you start lending us money. Go well, on. no, they made it, and then uh, Elena Terrell, which is something really cool. I love, can, I can, love. Can we get back to the show though? No, we are. Talking, we are. I am talking about the show because in the show the, they give Elena the line to to talk about the Iron Man because they do give it oh, multiple references. Can, can we go to this episode and talk this is about this or the Purple Wedding? I'm sorry. So yeah, this no, is this episode. Two episodes okay. ago. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, the only thing, I do, just to get this out so that I don't regurgitate it later, is that is that she is being she's walking around with Tywin and talking about it, and they give her lines that are just awesome. Talk, it's essentially talking about the fact that like I'm aware, like no matter what happens, you're fucked. Mm -hmm. So essentially, she's sitting there, she's just being cocky, and she's just like, "Yeah, I paid for half the wedding, and I'm going to be responsible for for paying half of that debt when it comes due." Or I won't bother paying that debt, and I'll leave you to fucking out to dry. And so it's this really awesome, like passive-aggressive thing that it, I don't even think is in the books. And I think that's one of the cool things about about the show is that they can do expository stuff with great characters. Like I got a great character, I'll just give them a great line, and that's something that the books don't necessarily get a chance to do yeah. because they have so many fucking characters. <laughs> Hmm. Then back on track because David's been itching to say some stuff about the last episode. Not, not necessarily. I just didn't want you to spoil anything. No, I, I, I would have. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he would have been like. He would have been like. That's why I spoke in code about some things. <laughs> Don't Google. <laughs> John Snow is Lindbergh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, last night's episode was. I, I love the scene between uh, Tywin and Tommen mm -hmm. when they were going through the little history about the yeah. kings and yeah. stuff. That's that another was... thing that they took. I don't think. That, I think that conversation happens. Give, is given by somebody else as well. 
in the book, if I remember. I actually don't remember that conversation. Because the events... Okay, I'll, I'll get in spoiler territory here, so I'm just going to talk in code to David, and I'm going to, like, well, we, and, uh, Yeah, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, because of the timeline, those event, those words couldn't have been told by Tywin to Tommen. That's all I'm going to say. So uh, you're going to think about that for a second, and you're going to realize that it's true. He was on holiday somewhere. He was on a holiday. Like a bathroom. He was taking a bathroom break. Gabe, yeah. shut up. I am going to shut up. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, I, I, I love that scene. I, I loved the, the, the way that scene ended, um, kind of made the internet explode a little bit today. Like, How did the scene end that made the internet explode? Well, I don't, I, Oh, the fact that the, it the took rape incest scene. to new Oh, London. oh, that's in the books though. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, yeah, but the but, thing in the books is that it's not rapey. It's I mean, not, she, she eventually verbalizes like I mean, it's it's consensual in the books. In the TV show, they don't make it consensual. I mean, no, like, hmm. the, the book, you know, it, you know, because like, uh, you know, she does say no, but it's like it's, you know, it's, it's still like kind of a gray line between. You know, it's like you know, it's still like you know, she's saying no, but it's from what uh, but she's still saying hurry, right, hurry. But <laughs> yeah, for what I said, like from myself, read about like the recap of the show, like you know, mm. it's. It's kind of rapey. It, yeah, it's more aggressive. It's really yeah, you know, yeah. It's definitely more aggressive. Which uh, I, I think that's kind of a problem, like uh, with the show at times. Like they, you know, uh, I think it was like last season uh, where, like, you know, uh, they had you know Joffrey being even more abominable than he was in the books. Like, you know, like I think. Well, they had uh, to amp up the violence. They amped up the red wedding. Yeah. Yeah, and they well, yeah, that scene where I don't know we see. Uh, um, What's her name? The the actress's name is May Bianco, the lead. Boy. Yeah, yeah, she's like at seeing Pop-Con. her sort of hanging there dead. Uh, after yeah. seeing she's been. There's that. a lot of people were talking about like the fact that she was the foil, like because there's so many whores in the book. Mm-hmm. You just kind of like take whatever a whore says and give it to Ross, and mm-hmm. so she's your favorite expository character. You're like, <laughs> you're like, you need to be in Littlefinger's brothel. Well, who should be there? Why it should be Ross. And so, like, that was cool. I think because I think she even is dead in the books as well. I think she dies. She's not much in early. the books. Oh, she's not in the books at all. She was a creation for the television. I think that there are so many whores that have died that I felt like she. <laughs> <had>. <laughs> but no, it's weird, and that's a horrible thing to say. But like the fact that they've reduced this thing, like, it's such a reductive term. But like, whore is just a huge part of the Westerosi. I mean, it's a huge part of George R. R. Martin's language. He gets away with using a lot of language that wouldn't be that. Ex- well, it's almost like rap language. <laughs> just kidding, like, like. They, they throw that. They throw those words around a lot, and so there is a lot of misogyny in Westeros. And I think, but that's just to underscore the point. Like, you can't be a queen. Well, you like, can't be a queen is a huge part of the thing. Like, queen. I mean, how many times do they talk about like Cersei or Elena or the characters on the show? Are just like it would have been a bunch better if well, I was running if you this. Think about this like show. Uh, one reading I've seen of like the Game of Thrones books are that like it's almost like. Uh, an indictment of like uh, toxic masculinity. I mean, like <laughs> all, all the problems of Westeros. Yeah. You know, it's by you know men who are jackasses who abuse women. Uh, and, uh, abuse well, their... I feel as if that's just history in general. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kat, okay, yeah. You have if you had Elena on the on the throne, or if you had Cat as as leading Winterfell. Mm. Oh, she has some bad well, mistakes in yeah, the books. Caitlin kind of Caitlin would still fuck, find a way to fuck things up, uh, but yeah. everybody else would be kosher. <laughs> Like even if Cersei Cersei can be as big a dick she can be a bigger dick than Tywin. Well, she's just incompetent. Yeah, she's incredibly incompetent. She's incredibly it's incompetent. Probably all the booze, all the wine. <laughs> that was my favorite line in the entire show. Like it, it's it, it got buried in the the last episode. She's like, as King's Landing murders go, this one is really unique because I can guarantee that my sister is not involved. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he's in this desperate situation, and the, that's my one of my favorite things about the show is how it uses humor. 
to dissuade like what is a horrible situation. It uses mm-hmm. that gallows humor. But uh, I mean, what do you think, David? What was your favorite part of the show? Oh, I was playing or Candy less. Crush. What <laughs> 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 was your favorite part of the, the episode? Are we talking about the episode? Absolutely. We're talking about things I don't know. No, we're not talking about things you don't know. We're just talking about like agency in in Game of Thrones, just there. But now we're talking about like funny lines and stuff. Well, I think you kind of covered it. (laughs) (laughs) This is awful. But uh, uh, but one other difference between the rape scene and the book is that it's the first in the book. They, Jamie they the first time when yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the first time Jamie and Cersei had seen each other in the books. Jamie comes back. Uh, uh, okay. Shit. Um, okay. Yeah, that's what Cersei but, uh, said as well. But yeah, um, yeah. In the books, it's the first time Jamie and Cersei had seen each other. So that sort of held the whole sort of passion thing. In the TV show, they Jamie's obviously been back already for a yeah. while. So. He's one little hand from his sister. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that in the show, because Brienne has been such a successful character, and because Cersei has confronted her at the wedding about her falling in love with her brother, and... I mean, do you think that that's part of what the the distance is? Because the the amount of space that and time that has elapsed, like they've had, not not only is it not the first time that they're seeing each other, but the more space has elapsed, more bad stuff has happened to Cersei than I mean, because it's a longer timeline, more bad stuff has happened to her than in the books as well. Even though like she's not a sympathetic character, I, I still love to hate her. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, more more like she she gives that panoply of things that have been that have gone wrong for her, and why she's not just going to go out and 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 have sex just like that. She's just like, oh yeah, my husband died, and then my son and body blah blah well, blah. She blah, did blah the well, she did. killed the husband, so he yeah. makes fun. Of, he makes fun of her for that as well. But I, she's still not in any mood. So. I, I don't. I, I was. <laughs> I'm sorry, are we actually discussing uh, Cersei's willingness to have sex with Jamie? No, this is weird. Let's not do this. Yeah, it's good. I feel like it's it's the most weirdly moral thing about her because it's like suddenly she's like less of a weird uh, like less of a weird Well, I don't awful think it's moral thing. on her part at all because Jamie's not her her knight in shining armor anymore. He's just He's, he's been emasculated because he's yeah, got a he's stump, got a stump, of stump for a hand. He's not who he used to be. So it's not her being like a good person. I don't want to sleep with you because it's not the right time. It's yeah. I just don't want to sleep with you. In That's the book, what it they is. They play up like that. She's just really hard on incest. Like because she's just like she literally goes looking for other cousins to fuck in the books. She's like, oh, Lancel Lannister, you. Well, let's let's try that lance out, my dear. Oh dear, she's awful. She's even worse in the books than she is in the movie to, or in the book or in the I show. Did, to me. I do think she, you know, she like you know, uh, she's like I don't think it's like black and white with her. She's she, she not quite. She's not like you know exactly. I mean, you know, she's you know done some shitty things, but you know, uh, you can sort of uh, sympathize like with the. Like with, with some of the circumstances like of her life, like you know, uh, doesn't you know doesn't you know erase the shitty shit she did, but like you know, uh, when Jamie throws Bran out, you know, if uh, if he blabs to Ned, then you know she and her kids get the axe. You know, Jamie's in trouble. You know, so you can kind of understand that. But it's well, the thing about Cersei is that the the core of her character involves the fact that she wants to be the heir to Tywin. Mm-hmm. She wants to be accepted as that. She wants to be, or she wants to have the same power as a man, mm-hmm. but that will never be allowed to her. Well, she's almost given that agency, like recently, because Tywin is his—he's already passed over. He's already passed over Tyrion, and he's already passed over Jamie's already refused it, mm-hmm. and so he's looking around and he's just like. Am I going to give it to a cousin, a nephew? Well, He's no, like, but he he tries to marry her off to a uh, Tyrell. Mm-hmm. She he still treats her as a. It still gives her even for... more power in a weird way, though. Like in the way of Westeros, like that would still give her more power than 
she had but previously. But it's not what she she doesn't it's not what want, she wants. She wants yeah, power she, of herself, yeah. and of herself. Uh, but the thing is that yeah, that's that sort of I don't. You sort of understand it from a certain point of view, which is that Cersei's so fucking crazy. Yeah. That you have a hard time. <laughs> I mean, it, she, she she's wants, not just desirous of power because like that situation, she'd be the lady of Casterly Rock and the lady of Hightower and the mother of the king, and like that's not enough. Like that's a lot, but she, it's not it's not hers. So she what she doesn't want it. Yeah, and she she's not a good ruler. She's not a good person to actually put in well, charge. Because she, she's busy plotting murders. <laughs> <laughs> That's why that joke is so awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it was awesome. Yeah, That's so thing far, can say. I really liked the season. Although my only issue was the, the scene, I don't know, like... From my point of view, there was a lot of time spent on Sam and Gilly last night. <laughs> okay, I don't agree with that. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I don't giving, think it had to be on screen. Well, yeah, her. because they broke it up into two books, they gave Sam this huge amount of pages that... And, like, I start talking, and then he starts talking. Well, yeah, but I, I understand that, but also they're diverging from the books. Yeah. And also, it's a stupid idea anyways. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's so blatantly stupid, you just roll your I eyes at it. I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care. Why is she? Why was she still there that long anyway? Well, where else is she gonna go? Anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> She's gonna be around the, for a the while. The story was done <laughs> as soon as they got back to Castle Black. She's no. like, in my head because none of that that happened between them, except for maybe, oh, you should go stay in the town just south of here. You'll be safer. Okay. You didn't have to go to that town. Yeah. You well, did not have to show that. Well, I guess it's a problem I, of condensing two books in or three books into one season and waiting for the the bastard to get out, pump out another one. I mean, it really is just like they're trying to grab what they can, and he had a crap ton of pages, so they're like, I guess we gotta put him in something. Well, I mean, you gotta. Well, uh, I don't know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know really. where they're going, but at this point, I don't give a shit. You know what I'm kind of more concerned about with Game of Thrones because. Uh, Martin. I didn't care about her on skins. Get rid of her. Oh. With, uh, with, Martin, with Martin taking sweet ass time pumping out books, I wonder if uh, if the TV show is going to have the equivalent of uh, Goku fighting Frieza. Oh yeah, yeah filler can... episodes. Like <laughs> let's let's go to Pintos for an episode. I think with that. Honestly, they'll be fine. The thing that worries me the most is that they're keeping it to seven or eight seasons. That, I don't think, is enough time. I think that's great. I would not want to see a ten-year Game of Thrones thing, because I don't feel like they could I, keep I, the intensity. I don't know. I feel as if it would be necessary. <laughs> well, you're not going to please 100% of the fans all the time. It's not like you're doing three but, movies. But, but to be fair, it's seven to eight seasons and then films. The film thing isn't confirmed. No, but... They're gonna do it. Don't you mean six seasons in a movie? Have you guys seen that picture of what a dragon actually looks like? Oh, wait, that's a good... Like? Con- uh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're putting a good out segue, a guide. And we're ignoring Martin, it, apparently. Martin looks over <laughs> and uh, um, advice and so forth, and he posted a picture of what he approved as what a dragon looks like, and then scaled to a human flying in. Mm-hmm. And, like, the head's, like, this big... And then back here is a little human about that big. <laughs> they got huge. And it's uh, um, the first Targaryen and the, the, his first big dragon. Huh. That's a, what the picture of. And it's huge. Is it the, <laughs> is it the book uh, that he just wrote? The Danger, Dangerous Women uh, anthology that he was a part of? No, it's, a, it's like a guide to Westeros or something that he's overlooking. Oh. Uh, so, but yeah, dragons are fucking huge. <laughs> They've already gotten pretty damn big. They're going to get so much bigger. <laughs> the point, like, in the in the books, and they kind of underscore, like, why Rob, King Robert is so worried about it in the first time. He's just like, 
you're, you're aware that like they took over all of Westeros the first time with just three people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he's, so he's really concerned about the Targaryens, and everybody else is just like, it's not a problem. She doesn't have dragons or anything. Yeah, last like, time we saw dra- dragons, they were slow, little they were tiny things. And, well, when they get big, they're like they're like here, yeah, the equivalent of Reaper capital ships. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's pretty. He's pretty. Like, he, that was the one like good thing about King Robert. He's just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a problem. Can we can we deal with this immediately? And everybody else is in the small council is like, no, 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 you should really be worried about us. We're all dicks, I promise. <laughs> you really focus on us right now. The majority of us are plotting to murder you in some fashion. <laughs> you would know that if you'd, account, if you'd went to more than three small council raise meetings your, in 17 raise years. Raise your hand if you thought about uh, killing King Robert. Be honest. <laughs> oh, Cersei! He leaves a seat up. Oh, um, uh, so anyway, uh, let's move on. Well, Forty-three to minutes in, topic one off the list. The season finale for uh, Community aired last Thursday. Well, let's talk about the two part, because I feel like it's kind of required. Well, yeah. Go Jobra. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I I thought the the episode before the season finale was a mess. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought, I was just, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, that was just way too much that they were trying to pull off. At the, it, it really did just seem like a big mess. Now, did you watch that one, Andrew? Yeah. It, okay. it, I mean, didn't it seem like, like, they introduced the thing with Abed's obsession with controlling the story, story. Yeah. And they sort of kind of drop it? it For seemed, part two? It seems as if that was good, what what it, they're going to do. Like, Abed says it, and then the camera slowly pans in on the guy eating noodles. Yeah. And a part of me was just hoping that was what the entire episode was going to be. You know, you know, what, you know what the great, as a fuck you, uh, everything happens in the background of the guy eating noodles. So, like, kind of like the Abed baby thing. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, you know, it was, oh, you didn't, you didn't watch the season finale. There's a great fuck you to NBC during the credits. Oh, yeah. It's do, just one, one of those things you're kind of like, wow. Well, I'll, I'll watch that. Tonight, along with uh, the documentary on the uh, uh, Bad Boy Pistons that ESPN aired uh, last All Thursday. Right. All right. <laughs> oh fuck! God damn it! That was, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, on Thursday, so it, it might not. It, it might have recorded the Pistons inside the community, but that's probably still online. But I'll be pissed if I missed one of them because <laughs> I want to watch both. And I, I want to watch Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I, I want to see Bill Lambier close on Larry Bird. Wasn't he saying no basketball talk? <laughs> no, no, no. He, he no wanted to pacer no Pacers. <laughs> no pacers depressing okay. basketball. This is long in the past, so I'm okay talking about it. Because <laughs> oh, okay. the Bad Boy Pistons are awesome. But, they inspire how I play. I pick up games of basketball. I play hard. Uh, yeah. I clothesline people. It's awesome. Well, mm. I can make an Isaiah Thomas Westeros joke just in terms of the sexism, but now that's too much. <laughs> anyway, it's too much. We, we talked enough about Game of Thrones. Uh, Back to community. Back to community. Yeah, yeah, the next, yeah. yeah. The club scandal, yeah. Back to community. Um, yeah, I, I I thought that episode. I, I, I think this whole season it's kind of been a mixed bag. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely not up to you know, the first three seasons of the community. How, how well, important has Dan Harmon's return been? I mean, it's awesome. it's been apparent as fuck because they've done a lot of weird episodes. And but I feel as if like when Harmon began the season, he stated he took he, his tools away. Well, not it isn't just that they yeah. took his. Is tools. it because he doesn't have he's less characters to work with? Well, you. no, 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 no. It's. He he said he wanted to bring like he saw the fourth season and saw that it was sort of like they did a bunch of weird shit, but they kind of did it without any heart behind right. it. Mm. So when they started the season, he said he wanted to sort of tone it down. He wanted 
community to, to focus back on the characters and so on and so forth. But and he did that for a little bit. So it sounds like you don't feel like he fleshed that out then. Well, yeah, he 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 kind of went off the rails in a lot of episodes about the school becoming like another entity, like a, like a sort of fantasy line, like the yeah. Meow Meow episode, the Lava World episode, I kinda like GI the, Joe. I mean, it's all. Uh, I like those episodes because I I, I love Joe. was the only one I got to see this season. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I love the hints of like you know uh, like a uh, different a new vernacular popping up, new society like. Like uh, like the, it works so well, especially the the first PayPal episode where you know, uh, Jeff is kind of like the audience surrogate waking up into this you know what the fuck's going on and yeah. well it it works when it's not constant it's not you're uh-huh. doing it constantly and I think that's the problem with having a shortened season like yeah, this that makes sense is that he's able to space out that shit yeah. throughout so you can have you know uh, like you can do a better balance you get more episodes like you know. Uh, the, I came to like debate one one, yeah. mm-hmm. or have... like the uh, the gym class one. I mean, yeah. it's a it was an episode about playing pool naked with, but I mean, it was Hi, awesome. Shorts. Sure. It, it was it was still about it being a school. Yeah. Like the, uh, the beginning of the 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 two parter season finale, they say we fixed Greendale, and I'm like, I never actually saw you fix Greendale. Yeah. I don't understand why this is <laughs> one of the one of the characters like you I don't think he's going to be on the show anymore because he's got the HBO commitment Did oh, you say you, so you don't like John Oliver is what David has said I, in the I, past I haven't been a big fan of Duncan this year I thought he was a bit more cartoony than what he has been in the past but because I remember talking to you like when you had a tweet about had, saying his time had wrapped and you're just like yeah I don't really care that his time is wrapped yeah. on Community I just said that we might not, ha- might not have. If there's another season, we might not have uh, Jonathan Banks because he's been great this season. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's gonna go off and do what was it? Uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Which I hope is good. Yeah, I hope it is too. <laughs> um, but you know what? Allison Brie did Mad Men and Community. So yeah. I mean, it's possible. Granted, she wasn't in that much Mad Men, but yeah, it's possible. Now, speaking of Mad Men, <laughs> I put a theory about uh, what. Well, what I like we. I, I feel like we could, should still talk about the community finale for a little bit. Okay. I liked it as a whole. I liked the finale. I liked the season. Uh, it did feel like too much was missing, though. It, I don't know. And I, you brought up a good point about it not being about like, oh, it didn't feel like a school anymore. Mm. We had all these weird, crazy stuff that happened in the school, but there wasn't any. Those were some of my favorite episodes early on, like the gym class or pottery or yeah. debate. I mean, there, there's a lot of humor to delve into with it being a community college, and they kind of avoided it this season. Yeah. When was it's the... like Harmon got used to writing on Rick and Morty and just... <laughs> <laughs> Which is great, by the way. I really have enjoyed that. I've seen the first episode. I'm waiting for it. To Great voice TV. actors. Claudia uh, Black was in an episode um, recently. I have it all on my DVD. She was, it was hilarious. It she was the queen of a planet of women only people. <laughs> I mean, it was well, women dominated the planet, and they had just a really completely funny and different vernacular. And Morty just being an ass the whole time. Like essentially, he's going to be sentenced to death because he farted. And he's like, huh. "You've been sentenced." You've receiving our first capital punishment in 500 years because we're so awesome, and we don't have to deal with you. For the thing which we do not ever do. Like, just saying, like, women don't acknowledge farting. But I think it's a weird old joke, but it works. <laughs> it worked. David, yeah, you and I would have been sentenced to death. That's right. The moment we touched down. I, I know. <laughs> that's, that's one small step for... 
<laughs> well, what I was saying was I really liked the finale, and I really liked the the end of the finale. Uh, I th- I think it's a, a bittersweet ending if it doesn't come back. You know, like they call it felt complete. You know, but at the same time, it left me wanting. So. We'll get the basement movies if it ends. <laughs> I really like the uh, joke Abed made about you know. Uh, um, if we don't come back, then a, um, an asteroid has hit the Earth and killed all, all of humankind. And that's canon. And that's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think it'll be like if it doesn't come back? They'll get together, and you know how they have the um, the unofficial spinoff for... Um, for uh... No, we got a spinoff. Oh, they have a spinoff? The post credit scene. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but no, they already have like the spinoff web serial for Inspector Space Time that is an Inspector Space Time. And then I also feel like like it would be like the scene at in This Is the End when they go and they remake their stuff. Like they just make sequels to their stuff in their in their in the in the post apocalypse or whatever. Because like that's what they are. Like they're friends. They're gonna get together and they're not gonna. I think they'll do something with this, even if it isn't on NBC. They'll dedicate an episode of The Soup to <laughs> Right? That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, um, moving on to Mad Men. Mad Men started... Uh, I, I've heard a theory about, uh, like, one rumor I've heard is, like, they think that. One rumor is that uh, uh, Don, uh, Don Draper will become uh, D.B. Cooper. That couldn't happen, though, because that was in the 50s. I thought you were going to talk about Sharon Tate. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I heard, I heard a very interesting theory... That might have Don jumping off of his balcony. Ooh. Uh, I just assumed he's dying of liver cancer. No. As somebody who doesn't watch the go, show. Go back to last week's episode. The way it ends when the he's way out it on ends. the balcony. Right, because it makes and sense. the falling in the opening titles. Yeah. That has been there since season one. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to either. But I definitely think it's possible. It all leads up into my head now. I'm like, I could see it. Yeah. But I, I, like, there's another theory where uh, Don's current wife um, is kind of a Sharon Tate analog yeah. or something like that. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's a... I mean, that's I know horrible. it's a dark show, but that's a really dark place to go. Apparently, there's a lot of references to Sharon Tate yeah, um, in the show. Like, she she's wearing a shirt that Sharon Tate's famous for. On the plus side, and, uh, whoever kills her he is going to get their song uh, stolen by the Beach Boys right? recorded uh-huh. under a different name, because that happened. Uh, they uh, took a Charles Manson song and... Uh, uh, Kind of changed the lyrics and it became "Never Learn Not to Love." Huh. But uh, evidently, was, I think the Charles Manson song was called "Cease to Exist." Last season, she was wearing a show that Sharon Tate uh-huh. was famous for wearing. Um, she's now living in the same valley. Mm-hmm. Um, like they moved out to LA. Yeah. Well, she does. Yeah. Um, she's an actress, and they made a lot of Dracula references mm-hmm. where she met husband Roman Polanski. Right. So. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's probably going to happen. I think it's probably just Matthew Weiner fucking around a little bit. Or, <laughs> or, I mean, she is an actress. She could change her name, and it could have been anyone else that was involved with the Manson murders. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it, I Maybe see she that gets happening. in the family. Interesting. <laughs> or maybe it happens around her, and she cho- chooses not to go to the parties or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know. here's, what the, here's the finale is. It's like uh, the same Elsewhere finale with the snow globe, except uh, we find out it's just uh, the whole show. It's just Roger Sherling's acid trip. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked both episodes. The last, the first episode, kind of made. I almost wanted to go back and rewatch the end of season six 
Just because, so you can have it. Like, I remember we were saying, okay, why did Don get fired again? Yeah. We're not fired, mm. but... Mm. Let go. <laughs> Put on suspension. Is that a problem from them bifurcating the season, or are you actually okay with that? Well, oh. that hasn't happened yet, so... Yeah, so, yeah, they still got... Uh, they still got to do it first, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it had been so long, I guess. Well, I guess it's been normal length between seasons, mm. but it just so much had happened at the end of last year. And the time gap is, what, four months, maybe? Yeah. Uh, between the seasons? Yeah, because I think you got like, go, like, right before the holidays. It has to get shorter, though, because like, you said like you want it to end 1970 or whatever, and aren't they getting just closer to that milestone? We're in 1969. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't, they can't just like skip six months or a year or whatever. They have. They have, but, like, I mean, they can't do it this time because then you're in well, 1970. Two years? Or a year Two and years. A year and a half? Something like that. Maybe. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, the 18 months between... Seasons, I think they actually moved 18 months mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Because clearly it started in 1960 and it's now 1969. Yeah. Time has jumped. Yeah. It's not moving in real time by any means. <laughs> I need to get caught up on the show because I'm looking forward to the guy with the real awesome beard. Yeah, I'm only, <laughs> I'm only six seasons characters. behind. One of my favorite characters. I love that guy. Yeah, Stan's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, he gives me beard envy. It's a show that, like, because you guys love it so much, like, it's been a disincentive to jump on board because it'd be like, oh, I really admire that actor, and like, uh, he's dead. What? No, <laughs> what? <laughs> no like, um, uh, was it Jared Harris? Yeah, okay. uh, Jared uh, Harris. The one, the one major death. Oh, well, then I can live with it. Yeah. I can like, uh, it. You know, it's I, not Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I learned that his dad was Richard Harris, yeah, uh, yeah. they sound so much alike, yeah. it's scary. Do you know who his stepdad was? No. I can't remember, but um, who's, who's the guy who plays... He years ago, guys. Yeah, I know. I know. But no, his stepdad <laughs> was the guy who, um, who played uh, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, uh, Rex Harrison. Rex Harrison was his stepdad. Interesting. Um, hey, old Hollywood yeah. reference, it's the 60s, so you can deal with it. Uh, it's not um, only thing I can contribute to the Mad Men portion of the show. But, uh, yeah, and I really liked uh, Sally and Don's scenes together yesterday. <laughs> the Draper family car ride? Yeah. <laughs> Why did that make you laugh so hard? I don't know. I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> it was just fun. I think it was also helpful that I was picturing Betty, too. Yeah. Like, right. I was just picturing the Betty side of the family car drive. <laughs> Uh, there's the the trip last year where they Don leaves them at the diner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Mad Men's been good. It's been really good. Um, I'm assuming Nev Campbell's eventually coming back. She would have to. Uh, <laughs> because, okay, Don's clearly still trying to get sober. Yeah. Like, that's continued on. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, stop pickling. Um, but... <laughs> but, yeah, he's marking on bottles how much he's drinking. Um, clearly he's recovered from his mental breakdown that he had last year. We can see that with his pitches he's giving. Yeah. Can I ask Andrew, was that laughter partly because you work at a brewery? Don Draper. I'm aware of that, but, like, I feel like two people in here work at a brewery, and I'm just like... Two? Oh, yeah. He's a bigger, <laughs> a bigger alcoholic than uh, all four of uh, the replacements combined. <laughs> um, but like, Homer Simmons trying to get sober. If we had a drinking he, game, he it would be Andrew's replacement references. Mm-hmm. And, okay, he turned down Nev Campbell once, mm-hmm. which was impressive. Yeah. Um, but I think she's going to represent temptation to him. 
Like, he, at some point, he's clearly going to start... Jonesing? Put, <laughs> yeah. Well, and pushing himself out there. He's he's going to try and rebuild himself. Oh, yeah, like in this last episode where he's job hunting. Me, yeah, he's meeting the competition. <laughs> yeah. To, and saying, you know, they're not letting me do stuff. <laughs> so, I, I think maybe it'll be another temptation. I don't know if he'll go for Mm-hmm. But she will definitely present herself again. Yeah, it seems like a weird role to cast somebody that sort of big. Yeah, and not bring her back. Well, do you think they'll bring back uh, Linda Cardellini? You think she'll be back? I would be surprised if they brought her back. Evidently, she still lives in the apartment. Well, yeah, but I don't. Maybe, but I, I would be a little surprised. You, yeah. you know the weirdest thing about. Uh, Pete this season, the most unbelievable thing. Him reading uh, The Crying of Lot 49. I don't picture Pete Campbell reading <laughs> Thomas Pynchon. Well, they're also interesting. Um, I'm adding that to the tags list. Thomas Pynchon, you you're going to need to spell it for me. Well, clearly they're already thinking about splitting off from the company. Well, he is. He is. Yeah, um, Ted what's his, Ted, Ted's not. Yeah, maybe. Is, is that the second time they've done that? Well, it's yes. just, I mean, Pete wants it because he feels stifled. He, yeah. he he has nowhere else to go up, and he seems like the type of guy who always needs to be going after something. Yeah. Ted uh, Ted's kind of given up in the sense that he purposely went out west to get away from Peggy so he could keep his family together. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those... I, like the 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 sort of morbid line he he said, they're paying you just cash the paychecks until you're dead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's very really true. And so I'm pretty sure Ted's not going to do anything like that. But with Pete wanting that drive, I kind of feel like maybe the perfect place for Don to go is out west. Yeah, I could. Well, I don't know. He doesn't want to leave New York though. Yeah, I know. And his family's out there. Would yeah. he really leave his kids at this point? Well, we know that Sally prefers Don over Betty. Betty. Yeah. But when she's a lot like Don, she she's more Don than her mom. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, he has that line last night where he make makes a reference to like calling her her mother, and I that's false. Mm-hmm. She's you. <laughs> she's, she's a product of you, not not Betty. Have the kids or anything like just as somebody who doesn't watch like have they developed drinking and drug problems at this point? Like I love Sally. Sally's smoking. Wow. <laughs> I think Sally's one of the best characters on the show. I can't yeah. wait till I get the episode where uh, Don takes her to see the Beatles. <laughs> it happens off screen. Does it? Well, yeah, uh, but that would just be fun for me. Yeah. Oh well, they maybe they can include the breakup as part but, of the season. I, I wrote about it, like uh, Betty slaps her in that episode because of what she walks in on her doing. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. You know, the show has changed so much since season one. Like. Uh, part of me wants to go back and after the first seven episodes go back and rewatch it mm-hmm. before the final seven air mm-hmm. and just see how much it has changed. I feel like it's gotten funnier. I do too. The past, last year was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Well, well uh, here's my uh, armchair quarterback uh, reasoning for it. Uh, maybe it's because, you know, the ad men, they represent, like, you know, uh, the conservative America and, like, you know, uh, all the shit's changing around them, uh, changing around them. Like you know, uh, they respond to the changes with you know, absurdity, hilarity. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, apparently, speed pills. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great episode. The editing in that episode last year was yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, can I ask you a question? Can I ask a trip to Chile? Mm-hmm. What's gonna What's gonna hit you harder? Like, uh, will this be Will this uh, be as big a deal as when uh, Breaking Bad ended for you guys? Probably. I don't have an opinion. <laughs> have you finished Breaking Bad? No. Okay. <laughs> I I think so. Don's gonna die while a bad thing is on place. You know, if Don dies, honestly. I'm going to start worrying about, like, Rick Grimes and every other leading male on an AMC show. How the hell else are you going to assume that those comics in that show end? I don't know. Uh, Carl will probably kill Rick. I don't know. They could do it like they did on The Sopranos and just cut away really quick. Yeah. <laughs> like, headshot, yeah. Well, not, not even headshot, just leave it up to the viewer. Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. It goes to black. Headshot. I don't know. I think The Walking Dead needs to end on a sign of hope, personally. How? <laughs> I mean, like, that's such a dire circumstance. Like, exactly. We're the last that humanity has to... Maybe you do the spin-off episode. Maybe you do the other dead. And that's the fun, is you have cute <laughs> dead animals attacking each other. That's a sign of hope. I don't know. I, I don't see that going out on it. I think you'd almost have to go out on, like, a bittersweet note just to ta- match the tenor of the show. Well... We've had signs of hope in previous seasons at the end. That were quashed by explosions. After <laughs> <laughs> the fact. Like, let's visit the CDC. This is in the comics, but they don't let us in. Here's Why don't we go inside and pretend like something is going to happen? Oh, you mean that it'll never be cured? Well, that's well, great. No, now I'm let's talk- blow it up. I'm talking about, okay, okay. the farm was destroyed at the end of season two, and then the last shot of it's this, the prison. That's still a sign of hope from where mm-hmm. they're at. You know uh, you know how uh, The Walking Dead's going to end? Huh. Uh, Rick is going to ride off on a horse into the sunset uh, on a quest for stuff. That'd be fine. Things. Or, Does the horse or, get eaten in Atlanta again? Because that was my favorite part of season one. Do what Kirkman did in uh, an issue. Do you remember that? It went to. It was a. It's not in trade, so you might not. In a single issue, he. Uh, well, no, it's not canon. It's oh. not canon. It's it's not in one of the trades. But I guess in a previous letter column, Kirkman had. Somebody had written him a letter like, "Oh, you're eventually going to run out of ideas, and you'll uh, you'll have Rick wake up and he's in a spaceship a thousand years in the future." He actually did that on the issue number that the guy named. <laughs> it, 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 like the la- last panel, and it fades to well, it's kind of just black. Yeah. And you flip it open, it's in full color, and Rick's <laughs> waking up on a spaceship. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I think that'd be kind of funny. Do you know what the way the show ends? I gotta say, it would be kind of interesting to see. Like if people Pull like if you can think of anybody who would be completely isolated from the zombie apocalypse, it's got to be the guys on the ISS. Like they would eventually starve to death, yes. Yeah, so it wouldn't be that great. But at the same yeah, time, they, like they'll yeah, just crash and the show will turn into Why the Last Man. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, there's more sex in that. That'd be more like the uh, more a little bit more like but, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've really enjoyed Mad Men, and it'll be awesome to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Excited. I'm excited week after week to watch that show. Mm-hmm. That's good. Any anything else grab your attention from week to week like that? Oh, well, everything else I watch week to week. Well, I don't like I, we watch. I was looking uh, for a segue there. Yeah, I yeah, assumed yeah. you had yeah, something. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, like our viewing order for these, by the way. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we watch Game of Thrones, and we watch Silicon Valley, and then we watch Mad Men. I'm liking it. It's, yeah, a nice, so it's a nice bridge between the two yeah. Do you not watch shows. Veep? Because I like Veep. No. no. Too far behind at the moment. Yeah, I mean, the Silicon Valley, we started watching it was the first episode. So we... I love that it's a Mike Judge show. Yeah. 
Um, you can feel you can feel the influence of Mike Judge. <laughs> Watching the first episode of Game of Thrones, it just happened to come on, and we were just like, oh, might as well. I yeah. knew it was coming because I listened to Fresh Air, and they had a great um, interview with Mike um, before the show, and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He was he actually worked in also, Silicon Valley. That's was, something I did not know. Uh, renewed for season two today. Oh, Silicon Valley was. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think Veep so is did. Veep, yeah. yeah, they got. I mean, somebody had given an interview where they're saying it's too much of a slow burn in the first six episodes, and I disagree completely. Oh, Veep or Silicon Valley? Silicon Valley. I really? think it's going along fast enough. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the pace. There's a part of me that gets a little frustrated, like when they were talking about. Uh, uh, Securing the name for the company and stuff. I'm like, you guys didn't do that already. Fuck. We, we, we didn't. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> we we know literally. That's why we're not kind of or why we're kind of epic and not true West. Because we well, would have. Yeah, cares? yeah, we would have had I to. Care like, about that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we got kind of epic films. <laughs> I like. I feel like that was the funny thing. Like you were, you were, you were like, you were like, you were like. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted. Let's get something else. Yeah, he didn't bother to Google. And he lives in the place where well, Google you is. Don't, you don't have to for the 40-hour film fest game. <laughs> I know that. No, I'm talking about we, we, we registered for the paperwork or whatever. We you never bo- did True West. We never did True no, West. No, we didn't because paperwork. you bothered to Google to see if it yeah, existed this other already. Guy, the, the, this other guy Richard, didn't bother to do that. Richard he didn't even bother didn't. to file yeah. the... Yeah, company that's, with uh, the IRS. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing that makes you go, oh, come on. <laughs> he didn't do, he didn't, it only costs like 80 bucks. It is the simplest thing in the world. Did he, did I'm not advocating tax evasion. I'm just saying it's the simplest thing <laughs> did, in the did, world. Did T.J. Miller ever figure out who it is? Keaton Moss Salad? No. <laughs> uh, do you have do a you favorite character on the show? Huh? Do you guys file taxes? No, we don't have to because, we A, we don't make $600 a year. <laughs> and B... Um, we we uh, we don't lo- well we lose more than six hundred a year. But I think you have to have some profits before you can just use it as a write off. Like I said, we don't use it for tax evasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, until we start making money, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we have the ability to monetize. We just don't have the ability to monetize. Exactly. <laughs> we can do it. We just don't. I love I love these shows though that are business oriented. Mad Men is business oriented. Silicon Valley is business oriented. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun. I mean, it's interesting to peek inside there. It's obviously a different world, but it's kind of like how they're poking fun of the creative class in the 60s that was the advertising people going in and understanding the science of what it is that people want Mm -hmm. and how that became its own thing and people made fun of them for being fake. Yeah, have you guys had BK? (laughs) Like, this is they're looking at those weird internet billionaires and just like that, talk about the BK scene. Yeah, take it away, David. Let's talk about some BK. No, no, I I just, I really enjoy that guy. Mm. That, like he'll start to Gavin annoy Newsom. me. He'll start to annoy me, and then it, it gradually gr- grows to me just laughing my ass off at his awkward and weirdness. And he, he's a weird character to try and understand. But mm. just oh, I, have you have you guys ever heard of BK? <laughs> no. have, have you guys had it? Do you like it? I'm assuming that they are the king of burgers. <laughs> and that they must serve burgers as a result. I, I, I just love Are the there other things that... but burgers at the Burger King? <laughs> I love the awkwardness that comes to him. Because I feel like that's a, a Mike Judge character. Like that, mm. There's a character like that in everything he does. <laughs> and I think it's like a staple. Of, of... Do you guys have a stapler? Oh gosh! I mean, in the first episode when they're introducing him, I think he works even better as like a foil for jokes because, like, 
the, the, when the two of them are leaving the conference and like that guy really hates college. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was the funniest thing in the entire episode. No, I feel like the funniest thing in the first episode was Kid Rock. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Kid Rock is open, what a great way to open the show. He's doing that in his empty, empty field. Essentially, he's like, "Fuck these, these people." <laughs> Kid Rock is the poorest person here, except for you guys. Kamel <laughs> <laughs> Nanciati, I love that guy. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. It's, uh, that was my favorite thing this episode, was that Kumail got a rip on the guy. I don't remember his name, but Kamel got a rip Star. on, yeah, Martin, Star. on <laughs> Martin Star Martin for being Star. an illegal immigrant. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just the whole time that he's like, he got his visa while I was waiting in the car. He's <laughs> like, they asked me about Al-Qaeda 15 times. <laughs> the whole thing, like, or, or like, oh, funny, it's the, it's the illegal immigrant hiding drugs. <laughs> and like, the whole thing, like, I love that dynamic that, that mm -hmm. they were able to do. I feel like other shows would have been so much more heavy-handed. Like, that was just funny as hell. It's social satire, and it was funny as hell, and I don't think anybody is going to object to it. It's just, like, who those people are. Mm -hmm. it's, gonna, it's not going to make you dislike either of them. You know what? Uh, who Martin Starr reminded me of in the first episode? Huh. His character Roman on uh, Party Down when he's yeah. like, uh, I'm a Satanist with some uh, theistic <laughs> leanings. It's like, everybody like the Roman line, I'm into hard sci-fi. <laughs> 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 um, oh. well, there's a character we didn't see this week, uh, Big Head, the cell phone guy. Mine's off working for Hooli now. Yeah, but <laughs> he's kind of like a spy for Hooli. Yeah. yeah. It's for, weird that we haven't... Piper. This is the first time we talked about the show, and it's, a, it's such a new show that we didn't bother to introduce any of the characters. I'm just going to assume that our listeners... <laughs> our listeners ha are, too, are too, uh, too bored or too disinterested to change the channel after Game of Thrones. Or they're just so in shock. <laughs> that, that they have continued to watch. I, I feel like its viewers probably did what we did the first week. No. What, what, what's this? I'm glad that Veep, Veep was that way. Like, I'm glad that it was on after Game of I Thrones. I need to watch the Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Tony Hale. Yeah. It's and, great. Uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the character actor, but he's been in a lot of stuff. He was, the, he was uh, Joshua on Community. The, the right-headed guy yeah, 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 with a mustache. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, it's gonna be a maze. <laughs> that's, that's one of my favorite community. Yeah. Every, everybody on that show is hilarious. Like I know you guys haven't seen Beast, but like darkness. The great thing about it is like there's no real like terrible villains. So to be a villain on that show, you're just an unbelievable ass. And so it's funny because then it's such a foil for the other characters to make fun of you and to despise you. Mm -hmm. You like you know who what all the character dynamics are, and it's like this probably is politics right now. It's just like <laughs> like people who are in a room and absolutely hate each other <laughs> and are just poking fun at each other while they're supposedly talking policy. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, Parks and Rec. That one it's, asshole. That would be a yeah. fun crossover. On, what, what the Jam? dentist? Jam. Yeah, that <laughs> asshole. Jammed. <laughs> Gosh, they probably can't do a crossover because Parks and Rec takes place in the real world. They've yeah. had Vice President Biden on. That's true. It's so, like yeah. it's a fictional world in in, in Veep, but it's still um, funny. I can see Julia, Julia Louis Dreyfus being on uh, Parks and Rec as another librarian. <laughs> uh, oh man, but yeah, Silicon Valley. Like, do you have a favorite character yet? In three episodes in, <laughs> probably uh, the. Uh, Shit, the big guy. <laughs> the guy who took the shrooms. The guy Ehrlich, who Ehrlich Bachman. Yeah. Alviato. Alviato. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, guys. I needed something that you he, could he, scream out during coitus. I'm not going to lie, he kind of reminds me of myself. <laughs> to an extent. I don't know if you guys can see that, but did I you, can. Did you take shrooms the weekend no, that you were Googling no. I, David West One of my favorite gags on that show was like in the first episode, uh, how he talks about it, like, like uh, pretty much guy, he talks about how Every group of like five guys, and they all have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that wasn't early. Was that early? I know. No, I, mean, that was, no. I thought that was, was the founder of Huli. Who yeah, yeah, it was. He was looking yeah, down. He's and, looking down and he's talking to the guru and he's just like, guy with weird facial hair and Asian guy. <laughs> An East Indian guy. And then just one really fat dude. <laughs> uh, Holy yeah, crap, that's, that's the house as well. I didn't realize that that yeah. was the house dynamic. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, that was part of the joke. Although now they have the, they have the Asian now because they have the intern. He's a new character they didn't even bother to introduce. Yeah. They have a fleet of interns now um, that don't know that they're not getting course credit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that line too. He's like he's like, and when they discover that, they'll also learn a good financial lesson. <laughs> it's part of their education process. Uh, I, I don't know. I just find it really strong, and I, I'm glad I I started watching it when I did. You Thank know? God it's Mike Judge returning to TV. Yeah, it's been it's filled yeah. a gap. This is his first live action TV series, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay, that's what I thought. I feel like there are a lot of live action TV series that owe a lot to him. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So the here's office? a question. Yeah, <laughs> who's in the office? I really like that guy on. Silicon Valley. I hated him on The Office. <laughs> Gabe. Gabe. Oh yeah. <laughs> the skeleton man. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Are you current on Silicon Valley? Have you watched two and three? I need to watch more. Okay. Uh, because he, he joins their group, he becomes a, a major part. He leaves Hooli and joins them. Yeah, he's the business manager. But, uh, speaking of that actor, one of my favorite moments of his on The Office was uh, when they went to Gettysburg and they confused him with Abe Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> But he, he essentially plays the same character. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> my favorite, I think, my favorite like meta thing about it is like when, when in the second episode, when he Google's business plan on Wikipedia, he just goes to like, I need a business plan. Okay, I like his meek persona, and then how he goes from meek to like badass, but he's not really confident in it, so it sinks in. Can we shook on it? He's testing the water. I kind of have my fingers crossed for an episode where they go, they get stranded in Arlen, Texas. I had a moment. I had a moment with Mike about Arlen, because my grandpa was from Garland, Texas, which is the town that he based it on. And so, this was at New York Comic Con, and we don't have the footage, goddammit. But, like, he trained the, and I don't even know if it was recording at the time, but, like, he's about to leave, and we I only got to ask him one question during the press conference. But then as he's leaving, he's got some time, and it's just like, it meant a lot to get to meet you, because his favorite show, we went down there, and it's like the propane capital is what they touted as. And he's like, I'm glad that you caught that. Like, that's a thing that I did. I just took off the G and the E. <laughs> and I had I had a new, I had a, new, I had a perfect place for my show. <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, yeah, the residents really embrace it. And so he thought that was cool. One I don't know I, that he'd been back to Garland. One thing right. that interests me about my judge, judge I want to see if, like, because uh, he's, he's uh, kind of a libertarian, like, because uh, he was on, like, uh, I think it was the, uh, he recorded the promo, uh, like, in the voice of, like, Hank Hill for, like, uh, the Alex Jones show. Huh. So I want to see, like, you know, if his... Uh, Alex Jones loved Captain America, by the way. Interesting. Uh, what makes sense, uh, if, if his, yeah. if his uh, Mike Judge's politics uh, make it into the show. Because, uh, yeah. you know, like, what was interesting about King of the Hill... work that listens to his show every day. Uh, but what, what was interesting to me about King of the Hill was, like, it was, you know, kind of like a nuanced portrayal of, like, rednecks. You know, I was like, you know, they weren't... Uh, Wonderful stereotypes, uh, but you know, like uh, he kind of did, did that with uh, the Good Family on ABC. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, that won't be a problem with uh, Silicon Valley. Gotcha. But it seems like, you know, like based on the pilot, it seems like it'll be a pretty good show. Oh yeah, I think you definitely like the, the latest one. Uh, the 
Aviato guy. I can't even remember his name. Earl ba- Ehrlich Bachman, Ehrlich as Bachman. he likes to tell everyone. Uh, he uh, he takes an entire bag of shrooms and goes on a vision quest. <laughs> they end the episode with an Amber Alert. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like they let the guy be. They, it's great that they have straight men in the show because yeah. like he's the buffoon, and then that guy can be like, "I just got an Amber Alert." <laughs> that was perfect. Like, and he's like the business. My other thing is like when he asks permission to pee. <laughs> yeah, and then he's also like freaking out because he comes in and he's like, "Oh, I was asleep. I was asleep on the job. You have no idea how bad that is." <laughs> Whereas the guy who gets 10% is off in the Sonoran Desert with shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> Having a, a I really I love him as a character. Everywhere. Yeah. But uh, I really hope he gets kicked out. Why? Because he's never <laughs> going to earn that 10%. Maybe he will. Maybe he will. I don't hold out hope for him. <laughs> well, he's paying rent. Yeah. He's providing the facility in which the company is For which is he growing. could be potentially compensated $100 million. <laughs> they make the CEO, like the venture capitalist, makes fun of him. It's like, so I'm paying 200000 I'm paying two hundred thousand dollars for five percent of your company. This guy is getting ten percent for a futon. Yeah, I know. I, I, that made me laugh too. What are you writing? Eyebrows look like caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a visual medium, guys. You need to keep talking while we're doing stuff. If you've no, your your sorry, sloppy R. Your Europe. At what least if it? you're Eugene Levy. Oh. <laughs> uh, Alright. Um, that's that's a non-sequitur. I don't know I feel like if we, were, if we were monetized, this is where like an ad break would come in. <laughs> I feel like we need to reach out to everything that we talked about. We need a Burger King sponsorship. Right. We need a awesome. BK commercial that run in the middle um, of this. I, I would love to play the BK King. Do you play the game? On Xbox. Yeah, I have that game. The Sneak the King. The Sneak King. It's creepy as all get out. You know, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Huh? The Tim and Eric uh, sketch uh, Spaghetti. Oh, that's awesome. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh-huh. Silicon Valley is really good. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Do you have anything else to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, but where are we at? Hour 20. <laughs> hour 20? Yeah. Well, technically, this is our 100th episode, guys. Yeah, but technically, I gotta go take a piss. All right, that's fine. <laughs> if you want to make it another long one, we could throw in the Game of Thrones interview. No. Well, uh, Gilman, when we wrap this up, uh, would you like to come over to Chance and I for some uh, Chance's place for some tea? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they right, aren't speaking guys. euphemistically. Chance has a good tea collection, like <laughs> that oolong tea from. Well, maybe they are, but t- the tea is really good as well. His tea, uh, his tea cozy, his Chinese off, oolong. From... His tea cozy is off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this, like I just said, this was supposed to be our. Well, it is our hundredth episode, but we wanted to. Just have an episode out for you guys. Yeah. Instead of waiting. This will be our... We'll uh, have really good episodes oh, after C2E2. 99.1. No, no, I'm not going to do it. So I'm not going to do it. I did it last time. And I'm not going to do it. You did it last time? I had an episode 49.1 that I don't count in <laughs> our episode listings. Well, tradition. Well, yeah, but it would be... Forty-nine point or uh, ninety-nine point one and point two because of the RC2E2 episode. I got ninety-nine podcasts, but the lost one ain't one. <laughs> what episode was that? The racist one. What, our lost episode. No, forty-nine point. Uh, when the three of us Denny's? recorded at Denny's. Oh. Thank God you pulled that off. Yeah, it's still on. Man. Is it? Oh, get yeah. rid of that one because we're losing bandwidth. <laughs> so they haven't cut us off yet. They were on the last one. No, I... Gabe. Hmm? We're over our limit. Hmm. 
And they still haven't cut us off. Have they not? No. Well, don't tell them in this podcast. Because well, I wasn't able to. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the worst case they'll do, they'll probably just charge my account another whatever to update it. So yeah. if it happens, it happens, but I'm not going to. Yeah, because I had trouble posting the episode. No, you didn't. I did. It's, no, you I didn't. had to delete something to make room <laughs> for what? it. No, you didn't. I'm telling you right now, you didn't. You probably hmm. just thought that. Because I'll go post this with no issues. Anyways, guys, <laughs> um, come see us. Come, come talk to us at C2E2. We'll be there Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, we have a panel from 2.45 to 3.45 um, featuring, again, some great comics creators. We have Gail Simone from Batgirl. We have Marjorie Liu from pretty much every X-Men title. Ramon K. Perez, who's doing uh, Spider-Man Learning to Crawl with Dan Slott. Um, we have uh, Gene Ha, who is a four-time Eisner Award-winning Wait, comic book artist. Can I Ramon Perez? Ramon Perez, who did, who's an Eisner Award-winning artist from Award. A Tale of Sand from yeah, from Archaea, who is an amazing book. I highly recommend. Yeah, um, so we have two Eisner Award-winning artists, one a one-time and one a four-time winner for um, uh, Gene Ha. Did a lot of collaborations with Alan Moore in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Got six nominations, four wins. Uh, one uh, also did JLA um, and got a got a nomination for that. And the it's yeah, the issue where. Brad Meltzer one where uh, Red Arrow oh, Red Arrow is trapped. Arrow, that issue's amazing. Yeah, the one where he's stuck under everything. Yeah. I think yeah. he won an Eisner for that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that at least one best short story. Yeah, yeah. single issue or something like that. Oh, that was amazing. But yeah, yeah. he's he, these are great people. It's a highlight them. out of that JLA. Mm. And then we have two local comic artists from uh, from Chicago. Turtel only, who was a big Chicago public schools teacher uh, as a professor and uh, as actually a con runner. He uh, founded what's called the Black Age of Comics. Um, they have a couple of comic cons. Um, all across the country, and we have uh, a young, up-and-coming talent, um, uh, Jay Fuller, who we interviewed and had on the show once uh, before as well. So yeah, I think it's a great lineup. Um, we're t- the panel's name is Diverse Means for Diverse Worlds. David is obviously going to be there recording and helping out. Um, I'll be moderating the panel. To do. <laughs> I'll be I'll be moderating. It's probably going to be live streamed by C two E two as well. Mm. You know who would have been cool to have on the panel? Uh, huh? Kelly Sue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. there's some other really good people there. Like Olivier Coipel is there at the show. Um, <laughs> I, I like reached out. I, we may get an interview with Jim Chung. We reached out to Jim Chung for the panel, and What's um, he done recently? Um, Infinity. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He did some of the issues in that. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think is he doing? Is he still doing Young Avengers or Young Avengers? No, yeah. that was uh, taken over by Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey, and they finished up a run. Recently. They got a Glad Award for for that mm-hmm. as well this year because I think the entire team is. <laughs> I don't know about that. I know Hulkling no. and, and I didn't uh, finish it. Hulkling and Wiccan were gay. They yeah. were in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Miss America Chavez was a uh, lesbian. Um, Loki, well, Loki's the one. Loki. Loki's the straight one. <laughs> Loki. Potentially, yeah. I mean, well, Loki gets turned into a girl and has uh, has a horse baby, so I don't think that that counts. Nightmare, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Odin's uh, steed with eight hooves and legs to go. With yeah, them. if people think I'm making that up, like both no, in Marvel no. comics and in the myth, like right. it's weird. And I think, uh, yeah, Miss America Chavez insinuates that you know a hawk, Hawkeye wanted to sleep with her. Uh, <laughs> that Kate Bishop. Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that was a that was a great book. I don't know, but yeah, there, we got some. Like I said, we're going to focus on comic. I mean, in terms of interviews, we're going to focus on on comics creators at the con because it is a comics convention. But there are also a lot of media guests. So who knows? We might you might see some really interesting stuff coming. Right, like it's a potential for Jim to be on the show. We've got those two blog posts from uh, from Box Brown and Gene Luen Yang coming, 
and we've got all sorts of, of stuff that we've got bottled up for you. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have some good shows, and we're definitely going to have a good time at C2E2. And then eventually we'll get around to doing our special episode. And once we will have our radio drama <laughs> and then reflect on the past hundred or so episodes by that point. Yeah. We got one cool thing that's reflecting. Um, if Clay does get back to us this week, yeah, we might be able be, to post nice. that. He was just to, like the backstory for that, like between me and him, that was one of the it was only like the second interview we'd ever done together. And it was before we had a podcast. Gabe, we can talk about this later. <laughs> no, that was it. I just that was all I had to say. Um but yeah, uh, what? Hit the button. Oh, I am going to hit the button. Hit the button. I know. I got to do our outro. <laughs> I'm David West. You can find me on Twitter at David West underscore K-O-E-S. I'm, I'm David Gilman. You can't reach me anywhere. Yeah, I can give you a phone number. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to. 812-867-5309. Four 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 forty four forty four. Eight six seven five three old nine. Uh, uh, pro tip: uh, Every song becomes much uh, much funnier and more awesome if you sing it like Michael McDonald. Or <laughs> Cher. That's true too. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, I'm Andrew Crowley, apparently. Yep. And that's Gabe. Okay. <laughs> I see how you're gonna play it. Right. We didn't say anything. So I was just like, well, that's and you can find all of us on Twitter at Kind of Epic Show, and find us on Facebook. Yes, of course, obviously. Everybody's on Facebook. Everybody's on yeah. Facebook. Game. <laughs> I feel like we have. A, I feel like I assigned us a Tumblr and Instagram as well. Like if we I, I have an Instagram. <laughs> is it kind of a yes? It is. So yeah, yeah. Well, you find us on Instagram. <laughs> it's actually my personal Instagram. So you're just gonna find pictures of David and his girlfriend, but we don't care. Follow us. There's a couple. Follow okay, us. But- Besides that, it's like shots of action figures and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. It'll be definitely worth it to follow us on Twitter. You'll see many, many live tweets during the, during the con. Enjoy. Later, okay. guys. All right. Later, guys. See you at C2E2 this weekend. Peace, motherfuckers. Hey listeners, this is Micus, creator of the Kind of Epic theme song, Zombie Kids. If you're interested in finding out more about my music, you can check me out at micusmusic.com. Also, I am on iTunes, Facebook, and SoundCloud. You can look me up as Micus Music, and that's M-I-K-U-S, and you know the rest. Alright, peace out everyone. Keep listening.